the, the sense that I get of the broader experience, and this is certainly true for my experience as well, is it's inauthentic. And the inauthenticness yes. is it's just a little bit unsettling for me because I'm really interested in connecting with other business owners. So I think like that's probably what the collective experience is of LinkedIn is that people aren't asking before they're pitching, but a lot of the connections I don't think are necessarily authentic connections. I think it comes down to we all need to have a goal. If you're going to use a platform, it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. platform, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok even. Like you can go there, but if you're not clear on your goal of well, what do I want out of this, that's where you can get into trouble. At the end of the day, though, I felt good when we found out there was an issue, we communicated. So to loop back to your thing is I think share whatever you want to share on whichever platform gets you the most reach. And LinkedIn to me, I'd like to find a way to make it work. I really would. And I think the system of just accepting everyone isn't working for me. I think the category that I've listed myself as is marketing agency. Maybe I need to look at whether there's a better category because I think that's attracting a lot of some of the junk that I'm receiving. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs Rising. My name is Peter Moriarty, and I'm joined by my amazing Brosif brother from another mother, Carl Taylor. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. And I have to say, you are looking spectacular today. The energy that you seem to be radiating is incredible. So those who are seeing any video clips of this episode, check out the amazingness that is Peter Moriarty today. Thank you, my man. I oh, love to start each episode with a beautiful compliment from you. Just lights my heart on fire. Today, we're going to talk <laughs> about something else that is on fire. It's a dumpster fire. It's LinkedIn. <laughs> and that is what to do about LinkedIn. And you know, this is prompted by an amazing post that you put on your Facebook less than 24 hours ago, saying that you just don't trust any connection or message you're receiving on LinkedIn, because you have to assume there's some kind of canned response and it's either a VA or a, an automated system of some sort sending the messages. And the context of your post was that you're not feeling you're getting value from the platform. And there were a lot of comments on there with some really, really thoughtful responses. Yes, there were. Of which I joined and of which I have, <laughs> I have some thoughts as well. So here we are to unpack a little bit about that. So I'm curious, Carl, you know, there was obviously something that triggered you to write the post. There was something that like took you over the edge because I think we've all probably got some thoughts around LinkedIn, but what took you over the edge and took you to a place of wanting to actually post what you posted yesterday? Yeah, well, look, I mean, LinkedIn's been one of those things for years that I have struggled to know really what to do with, right? Like it's just another inbox. You got your email inbox, you got your Facebook messenger, you got your WhatsApp, you've got your Viber, you got your Voxer, you've got your WhatsApp, what, you know, you got messaging tools galore, then you got Slack for internal yeah. conversation. <laughs> and then you've got LinkedIn as almost another complete inbox. Mm -hmm. And a long time ago, I'd stopped getting emails from LinkedIn sent to my inbox, email inbox, because I didn't want that crap happening. So now it's like, if you go on to LinkedIn, which I do maybe, maybe once or twice a year, it's this huge inbox of like, oh my God, there's so much here. And I'm sure there's some value in there. I'm sure there's a few, but most of them 
for me, people who clearly haven't read my profile and they're usually pitching me services that I actually already deliver myself. And so that's a frustration that's been building up. But last night, what took me over the edge was I just happened to have the LinkedIn app and I obviously haven't turned off the notifications on my phone. And a notification popped up that someone had reached out and done a friend, like a connection request. And it was just like, Hey, Carl, I noticed that we have some mutual connections in common. And I thought that it would be really great for us to connect. And I just instantly was just like, I don't believe that that was actually that person. And maybe, maybe she genuinely was the person who saw it and she sent that message. But my thought and my experience of business and life was this is probably a virtual assistant or a software tool that's just taking the same canned response and crawling through and finding people with mutual connections and in this industry and connect. And that's what triggered. And I was just like, I just, I was like, I was reflecting about how sad that is that here's another supposed human being reaching out, wanting to connect with me saying, Hey, we've got something in, in common. And here am I going, I actually don't believe it's a real person that that person genuinely wants to connect with me. It's just a system being run. And that's what made me go to Facebook and post my question to say, does anyone else feel so distrustful of every message they get on LinkedIn? And why do I feel different? What I was curious about is I'm an email marketer. I use email all the time. I'm sending automated emails all the time. I'm a, a whole business helped clients set up automated email marketing messages. Why do I have a problem with it happening on LinkedIn? I think because I've got a I've got a story and a belief that LinkedIn being a social network should be a person to person conversation. Whereas email has turned into a marketing place. And maybe that's the problem is that I'm still seeing it as this person to person connection when it's actually become a marketing platform. So that's kind of what, what stimulated the thoughts. And there's been a huge amount of comments. So Pete, when you saw this post and you saw the comments coming through, I want to know what was your experience? What came up for you? I think like what I realized or what I noticed in the comments is that a lot of people have the problem with spam on LinkedIn. A lot of people are seeing that as a problem. They are seeing that most of the messages and like 90% and above of the messages on LinkedIn in their experience, let's define spam, you know, uh, outreach for solicitation that is not necessarily welcome or comes across as let's pitching. Let's call it unsolicited buy my shit or... Yeah, non-personalized. Non <laughs> it's not an individual, uh, you know, reach out for a particular purpose. It's a blanket, it's a bulk reach out, right? And the definition of spam, if we're talking about email, is bulk and unsolicited. It's okay to have unsolicited mail as long as it's one-on-one. -on -one, and it's okay to have bulk mail as long as it's not unsolicited. But when it's bulk and it's unsolicited, that's the definition of spam in email marketing. So... You know, I think the thing is that, you know, people are noticing that they're getting requests and messages from those who, and this is in my perception, are looking to push something. And, you know, with many people like, here's my ebook, or hey, I want to sell you this thing, or hey, I want to do this thing. And, you know, people are maturing and getting better, you know, a bit of a tail sign. Hey, I noticed we have some mutual connections. It's just someone who's looking to like connect, right? I think that's a little bit of a weak reason to connect. You know, like if you wanted to be friends with someone, it's like, yeah, sure. I think we have some common friends. Let's be friends. That that would make sense. But let's do business together just because we kind of know people in the same circle. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't really quite land for me. So I think the, the sense that I get of um, the broader experience, and this is certainly true for my experience as well, is it's inauthentic. And 
the inauthenticness yes. is it's just a little bit unsettling for me because you know I'm really interested in connecting with other business owners but you know if you've ever gone to like a, a breakfast networking event and had a bunch of people come up to you to introduce you there's two ways that someone can introduce themselves they can say hi this is, you know, hi, this is who I am. This is my 30-second elevator pitch, right? And then they shut the F up and they allow you to ask questions if you're interested to know more about them, right? Or there's the person that comes up to you who says, here's my business card. Here's what I do. Let me tell you all about it. Let me tell you, you know, you, let me ask you some questions about yourself. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, ABP, ask before pitching. <laughs> so I think like that's probably what the collective experience is of LinkedIn is that people aren't asking before they're pitching, but a lot of the connections, I don't think are necessarily authentic connections. Yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there with the authenticity part, because that's the part that I think really triggers me, grinds my gears, is kind of when I know it's a VA, like actually, and here's an, another reason why I got triggered is that second connection request came in not long after I got a follow-up direct message from someone that I personally know and I'm a client of their service. And so it's clear that this was not actually this person sending me the message. It's obvious because so I'm a client weird. of their service and we personally know each other. And I'm getting the follow-up message of like, oh, you haven't seen my message. It's like, no, if they wanted to reach me, they would call me. They would text me because they have my number. They know how to reach me. This is clearly a virtual assistant doing that. And so that was the foundation of then the extra, the extra bit that made me, I just don't trust LinkedIn. It's and so it's just, weird. I think it's this authenticity. Yeah, like I couldn't bring myself to do any kind of automated campaign on my LinkedIn, knowing that 60% of the people that I'm connected with, I actually know. That's why I connected with them. Like to me, LinkedIn is just like a business Facebook. And, you know, I've got some thoughts around, well, how to use it and what it's useful for. But, you know, who would do a campaign like that that was automated and potentially damage relationships that they do have, real relationships that they do have? by sending automated messages. When I, when I send an email out to my business audience, to my marketing database, I don't send that to everyone in my address book. I don't send it to my mom. I don't send it to you, Carl, unless you've joined my marketing list by downloading one of my eBooks. Like I send it to people who have given permission. And you know, I think a big part of marketing is permission. No one's opted in to you sending them products on a LinkedIn message. Now, you know, there's some thoughts. Well, that's actually, that's a big question though. Yeah, that's a question because some would say, and this is where maybe it's about LinkedIn itself as a platform, maybe hasn't set the ground rules in a clear way, or we as a business community haven't set these ground rules because there are many that would assume that accepting a connection request is permission. You know, the fact that we've accepted a connection request, you've now given me permission to message you and contact you and let me make it clear if you're listening to this right now and you are one of these people who's done this. Right now, let's put aside the LinkedIn messaging conversation. Let's just talk about email for a moment. If you connect with me, Pete, or anyone on LinkedIn that does not give you email opt-in permission, you are not legally, legally, not just, not just like morally, we're talking legally here. You are not legally allowed to take our email address and add it into your mass mailing tool. Because that would be People bulk do that to me bulk all the time. Yeah, not cool. It is a legal spam. Yeah. Uh, so if you, a lot of people don't know that. If you didn't know that, 
I hope this has been helpful for you. So not only does it piss people off, it is actually illegal. But there is an interesting line there I think we have to think about. Like, you and I might go, well, just because I've connected with someone on LinkedIn doesn't mean that I'm now going to spam the hell out of them through LinkedIn messaging. But is there an implied opt-in of consent of by accepting the connection request? Because I know for me in the past, my thing was anyone who sent me a connection request, accept, accept, accept. I wasn't, you want I didn't friends. really think about it. And oh boy, how you regret that now. <laughs> so whereas someone else, one of the comments, and he's actually a good friend of mine and he runs a LinkedIn marketing agency. So, you know, his comment was very fair. And he talked about, let me find the exact comment here. He talked about connecting with perfect, was it there? PFCs, perfect future customers. And I'll preface this by saying, uh, just, he, he said PFCs, perfect future customers. And the idea of really starting to go, well, maybe on LinkedIn, we need to be more careful about who we're connecting with. Because if we now look at it as by connecting with the LinkedIn person, that is us giving consent for us to have a communication. Then I know for me, I got to take responsibility that this whole just accept anyone who sent me a request is not really the intention that I want to be sending of, no, you can send me crap. So thoughts, Pete? I like that idea because it, you know, right now, if I'm using it purely as like a business Facebook, I would connect with vendors, I would connect with suppliers, I would connect with people in the industry because I'd be interested in commenting on what they're sharing and keeping up to date with what's going on in the industry. You know, perhaps it's a matter of, you know, Facebook has a very easy way to just like unfollow someone. Perhaps it's a matter of on LinkedIn to disconnect with those that are spamming or disconnect with those that are, you know, not providing value. Because I've got a number of colleagues, for example, at Google that I'm connected with, who post really great insightful updates. And I love seeing them and I love commenting on them. And I like, you know, keeping connected with what they are up to. The challenge is, is that like you, each time I open LinkedIn, I just don't feel, I don't feel enjoyment using the platform. And it's because of that, that problem of the messages and the problem of the connections it just kind of gets to like literally inbox overwhelm and I go, I don't care. And I also have the underlying unsettling feeling of each one of these messages could be a cut and paste and it's just too much. And I think it's a bit sad for me in that there are many ways to market your business and there are many ways to grow your business. And the moment that someone is jumping into my inbox and flogging their ebook via LinkedIn, I think less of them. And I just kind of think, and I think you may have added this in your comments in the Facebook post that you made, that if they need to market their business that way, like, is that someone that's, that's a good candidate to do business with? Now, perhaps for you, Carl, because you're in the business of helping people to market better. So that would be a great, that would be a great candidate for you. For me personally, what I'm looking for, the connections that I'm looking for are joint venture opportunities and partnership opportunities. So perhaps that's a matter of what am I looking for here? Maybe we need to think about the bio on LinkedIn as your Tinder biography and basically saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for on this platform. Now, is everyone going to respect that? No, not necessarily. If you said, please don't contact me you know, about your unsolicited ebook or, or event, is everyone going to respect that? No, not necessarily. Would that fix the platform? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have some technical ideas on what might fix the platform, you know, from Facebook, actually. And what I do know that Facebook do well is if someone sends the same message, if they're clearly cutting and pasting a message and you send it to five or two people in uh, five or 10 people in quick succession, Facebook will actually limit the amount of messages you're able to send. 
basically Facebook goes, hey, we're onto you. We can see that you're spamming and or you're spammy in your approach with this message. Could be a happy new year message, whatever, but you know, effectively they are, they're starting to shut that down. And I think that's the kind of thing that LinkedIn might need to look at doing. Like how can the platform take a bit of responsibility about how it's being used? Because if the users are having a poor experience on a platform, well, they're going to go I believe somewhere they else. actually do they're have that feature. I think and the thing is that there's a lot of software that oh. can get around it where it's like it'll throttle, it'll send you 10 or 20 messages and it'll wait like 20 minutes and then send the next 10 messages. So there are people who use software, which is actually against, let's make it clear, it's against LinkedIn's terms of service. This is not LinkedIn themselves saying we authorize these software. Other people have built software that sits over the top of LinkedIn to make a lot of this work, unless you're using their sales navigator platform, which is specifically their platform designed to make sales opportunities on LinkedIn. But also then there's virtual assistants who are doing that. Where so It's like your job is to send five of these every hour. And so I think the platform actually does have a throttling service like Facebook. I don't know the actual details. But what okay. I what I think about when you were sharing what you're talking about is it reminds me of the old school time when, you know, snail mail, you just got junk mail. And what we used to be able to do is put a nice little sticker on our, on our letterbox and say, no junk mail, please. And not everyone respected that, but the majority would. And what I wonder is if there was almost on LinkedIn, and I'm going to preface this that I'm not an expert of LinkedIn and Pete. You know, we don't really use the platform. So some of what we say maybe exists and we just aren't unaware of it. But the imagine if everyone who went to send you a message or even a connection request had to kind of set what their intention of the connection was, set their intention of what this message is. It's a, I'm promoting something or I'm looking for a partnership or like what you talked about. And we could choose to say, I want to only accept messages of this type. And if someone says they want to send me a sales message, the system just blocks it or doesn't even tell them that it never got delivered to me. And imagine if we had a bit more of that control, a bit like on Facebook, you create friend lists. Maybe on LinkedIn you can do this and I just don't know, but I would love to be able to say, okay, here's a list of suppliers. Here's a list of you know customers. Here's a list of people that I personally know. And at least then, even if they're going to use these automated systems or you use virtual assistants, at least you could create a bit more personalization. I mean, that's what email marketing platforms have allowed us to do. We've got the ability to tag and segment so that if I send out an email promoting something, I, an existing client's bought, they don't get the email saying, buy my thing because I already know that they're a customer. I just wonder if the platform could be improved if, yeah. if it's truly becoming a marketing place. And I actually think there's a lot of opportunity for my business in LinkedIn. I have nothing against the idea of cold outreach. What I think really gets to me is what you said earlier is the inauthenticity of it. Like if it's a virtual assistant, I don't know whether this would hurt conversions, but I'm thinking if, if I do choose to, to go into down the route of doing LinkedIn outreach as a test of growing my business, I'm definitely going to want to call out and say, Hey, I'm a VA. You know, my name's John. Let's say it's, I've got a team member called John. Hey, my name's John and I'm reaching out on behalf of Carl because I manage his LinkedIn rather than say, rather than create this fake situation that Carl sent this message because I can tell you I just it's not it's very unlikely that I'm the one that sent the message you know what it reminds me of is you know in an email automation sequence where someone puts an email in without a signature and leaves sent from my iPhone down the bottom and so it's like a fake email to look like it was personally sent and I think people are just like they're smart enough now to know the difference like they're smart enough to know oh I signed up for a product a week ago they say like Peter didn't actually type that out on it. Like that worked five years ago, but doesn't actually work now. 
what I think is interesting, you mentioned like, you know, what we could potentially learn or what LinkedIn could learn from other platforms is that Gmail does it really well. They use their AI to create different default tabs inside your inbox. You've got the social tab, you've got the updates tab, you've got the newsletters or whatever the other tabs are. And so that is like a way of, you know, kind of automatically triaging things. And it's kind of like, okay, well, if I'm, you know, I'm feeling like doing some shopping, if I'm feeling like looking at some deals, then I can go over to the promotions tab with it's intentional. It's with permission, you know, but no one's basically like sneaking around about, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. And that, that same idea did come into my head too. Imagine if there was these tabs of like when you listed out that you've got partnerships, you've got sales promotions, you've got personal reach outs, you know, those are different tabs to see all those different types of messages. But I think one thing that's really important to so, to mention here is LinkedIn what we're talking about is not necessarily LinkedIn and the messages and the people using it are bad. It's, for, at least for me, it's that like the 90% of it is junk. There's still some good 10%. Even the other day, just when, you know, I was on LinkedIn, I was frustrated, but I at least decided to look at some of the messages and I found one and I replied to one and now it's potentially going to turn into a, maybe a book deal for me. Like that's a good, that's an awesome opportunity that was there and I could have missed it if. I continue to just believe that it was all crap because it's not all. It's just how many more of those opportunities were in there that I've missed because of the frustration of the 90% that I don't want to receive. And it just, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I just know that there's something very frustrating about how LinkedIn is right now. And it's a system issue on my end on how I handle it and the way I'm thinking of it just as much as I think it is the users. And I see you grinning there. So uh, I feel like we've got something to say. Well, look, I just, you know, I'm appreciating a few of the comments that were shared on your Facebook. One is that someone shared a trick where you can change your name on LinkedIn to be your name and then your middle initial. And so if anyone sends an automated message rather than saying, hi, Peter, it'll say, hi, Peter J. And so that's something that I'm definitely going to implement. So I will immediately know when it's an automated message that's gone out. Next up is that, you know, others have said, uh, it really comes down to your, you know, your perception and your perspective and how you see the world. You know, do you see it as negative or do you see it as positive? And you know, I think yeah, that's a nice way of of looking at it as well. But functionally, if you go and log into that website and you spend eight minutes of your time wasted getting through things that are not valuable to you, and you have two minutes of your time that may be useful, is it worth wasting eight minutes to get it's two minutes of valuable time? time? I don't know. So you know. Yeah, it, totally. Value of your time. And look, I think like if, if, if someone really wants to get in touch with me, if they have the most amazing, you know, the most amazing opportunity and they really need to chat to Pete, they're going to call the business and they're going to ask to speak to Pete. And my team are going to say, he's busy, but here's his email. And then they're going to email me and they will get through. And so therefore, what is LinkedIn for? I absolutely understand for employees. It's a great way of having a virtual resume. Headhunters will find you. People will find your experience. But for entrepreneurs, this business networking, like is this a virtual business breakfast? Is this a virtual networking event? I don't enjoy networking events because I don't think they're very leveraged at helping you find the right kind of people that you're after. But if you're in the kind of business, like maybe you're a finance broker and you can help pretty much anyone and it's about creating you know, authentic connections to grow your business, then sure, by all means, go ahead. Especially if you're a sole trader, great place to do that. 60% of every single of the 2 million businesses in Australia are sole traders, sole operators. Now there's a number of self-managed super funds in there in terms of the number of ABNs, but most people have zero employees. We are a small business and very much a sole operator country. So I think in that sense, you know, the value there in terms of a networking tool makes sense. But I want to talk about 
is it a social network or not? And what mm. should we be posting there? Because I've got some like weird kind of like psychology type questions about that, where I've noticed that when I've posted real and vulnerable and authentic posts on LinkedIn, not here's my ebook, not Peter with his, with his business hat on and his marketer hat on, but just actually Peter being Pete. And the kind of stuff that I used to post on Facebook, but my mom doesn't care about how much we grew our revenue by this financial year. And so I decided, hey, that's the kind of thing that I think LinkedIn is for. I think that's for, and the LinkedIn experts have said to me, oh yeah, post authentic posts. So I don't want to post like fake authentic posts. I'm just going to actually post authentic posts. And some of the things that I have posted was I posted a picture of me working in my truck, right? So I've got a camper truck uh, and I posted a picture of me working in my camper truck and said, this is my office for the day. And it blew up. It was amazing. Uh, and people were like, oh my God, wow, I wish I could work like that. That's so awesome. That's great. And like 10,000 people saw the post. Wow. It went wild, right? And I thought to myself, wow, number one, that's really cool. I got great engagement. Awesome. So the authenticity worked. But then this other thought came up and it was like, well, what if I kept posting it? What if I kept posting things like that? Just me doing businessy stuff, but kind of like a bit of a businessy Facebook. And interestingly, someone who commented on that post immediately then posted on their own LinkedIn, oh, wow, LinkedIn is becoming like Facebook. And I thought, wow, that's a bit shamey after writing a positive post on my uh, positive comment on my post. But then I started feeling like that as well. And it's funny, you know, in business, the imposter syndrome and the I'm not good enough stuff that kind of comes up, right? I have a very successful business. It is doing numbers that I could never have imagined to do in revenue, nearly $4 million a year of subscriptions we have now. And I posted that on Facebook this week. And I had wanted to post it on LinkedIn as well. And these thoughts came up. Well, what if? Matt Barry, the CEO of freelancer.com, who I'm connected with on LinkedIn, saw that. And what's he going to think about my tiny little $4 million of revenue? And this stuff come up. And this is like, you know, this is personal stuff, right? Anytime you feel shame, there's a trigger and there's something that you're insecure about yourself that, that it must be linked to. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, where am I insecure? And blah, blah, blah. I did the whole process and, you know, self-coached myself through it. But isn't that interesting that that's still there? And I think I was comfortable and happy to share that on Facebook but for some reason, not on LinkedIn. And I guess for me, you know, just to self-reflect on it now, there must be some kind of you know, ego attachment that still lives there about doing business and uh, you know, being around other business people. Because I kind of thought to myself, if I was going to really authentically share myself and exactly what I'm up to, like I wake up every day without an alarm <laughs> around nine o'clock. I go for a walk down the beach. I'm usually naked at home for a while. Like, you know, there's no like 5 a.m. get juiced and get into hustle mode. And it's interesting that, you know, I would be interested to see what my perception would be, the perception of me, of others. Uh, and there's a part of me that is uncomfortable if people would have a negative perception of me and the way I work. And there's a part of me that thinks that might affect the business. So I'm not going to post it. And that I think is, uh, is a pretty... Interesting well, I mean, I th that's kind of going to a direction that's even, I think, bigger than LinkedIn itself. So let's address a couple of things I think you brought up. We'll loop back to that one. Is, is LinkedIn a social platform? I think that's the big question I think people use as a social platform and others use it as a business platform. And some people find a really great way of mixing the two together. And I'm definitely one of those people who doesn't really use it either. It's the, it's a kind of a resume bio-y thing occasionally, very occasionally, like twice a year, I'll happen to notice something that came through that actually interests me as an inbox thing, like this 
uh, book deal opportunity maybe. But outside of that, it's just, it, I put it in the too hard basket. Yet I know, I have many people that I know who create seven figures, you know, a million dollars or more in business from using LinkedIn, doing the cold outreach stuff that we're talking about. And actually, I really want to address on something you said of, I think the shame feeling can go both ways because there's the shame of, all. Well, if I post this, what are people going to think of me? There's also the, when I post this, what else other people might come from that? Like even someone posted on the Facebook comment that I posted, right? They said that they previously would kind of dim their light because they'd see a post like this where you and I are kind of complaining about the people who, who spam us and, uh, you might be someone who's currently doing that and it's working for your business. But by hearing us say that we don't like it, that might make you choose to stop doing something that's clearly working for your business. We're just sharing our opinion and our frustration, our perspective. Don't stop what you're doing. If it's working for your business or you were thinking of doing it, don't think because we said we hate receiving it, you shouldn't do it. Let's make that super clear. And I think then that loops back to what you're talking about, Pete, because at the end of the day, dude, you've got to be. And I, as I say this to you and I say this to our listeners, I'm saying it just as much to myself. Our job, I believe, to be here on this planet, this universe, whatever, that our job is to continually grow and discover our more authentic self every day, every second, peeling back some of the layers to just come back to who are we as an, as an authentic being, individual person, collective, wherever you're kind of up to. And I think that's the part of it. And so if you're finding that you're scared to post this thing, and I've done the same thing, post it. I mean, I had that. Uh, we t- I think we talked about it maybe in episode one or two when I took my eight months off. I was posting like crazy on Facebook, not on LinkedIn, about all these um, trips and travel and how I was taking time off. And I had a client because a lot of people on Facebook who follow me are clients. And I had a particular client who was very frustrated by the fact that the CEO who seems to be off gallivanting around and enjoying himself when they were having a bad experience with our service. And I hadn't even contemplated that. Like the opposite to you, Pete. I hadn't even thought about how someone might perceive what I was doing. It wasn't until I got their feedback that I was like, oh, yeah, actually I can see their perspective that maybe they don't feel like this business is in great hands if the owner's not seeming to be paying attention to the business. At the end of the day, though, I felt good when we found out there was an issue, we communicated. So to loop back to your thing is I think share whatever you want to share on whichever platform gets you the most reach and LinkedIn to me, I'd like to find a way to make it work. I really would. And I think the system of just accepting everyone isn't working for me. I think the category that I've listed myself as is marketing agency. Maybe I need to look at whether there's a better category because I think that's attracting a lot of some of the junk that I'm receiving. And mm. You talked about the idea of improving our bio. The problem I experienced is people don't seem to read the bio. The automated systems aren't reading the bio. They're just, Absolutely true. <laughs> they're yeah, just sending stuff true. because if they'd read my bio, half of them wouldn't bother reaching out because they'd see that they do exactly what I already do. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the suggestions was to be very, 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 very careful about who you're accepting connections from. And I agree with that in principle. I'm just not sure if I need to be there doing much. I like the idea of puffing up my personal profile by sharing posts that provide value to people there. And our team share, you know, lots of great posts on our company page. What's your Um, goal? 
but I'm still a work in progress on LinkedIn. I'm not sure if I have much more to share on it apart from it's a work in progress. I think, I think what you've hit the nail there is I think it comes down to we all need to have a goal. If you're going to use a platform, it doesn't matter what mm. platform, mm. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok even. Like you can go there, but if you're not clear on your goal of, well, what do I want out of this? That's where you can get into trouble. And I think I started using LinkedIn however many years ago that was with no goal because it's, and it's matured over the years. And I think if you're clearly using it as a prospecting tool and you, you call prospecting and you're going out crazy to create sales appointments and that's working for you and it's a numbers game. Cool. And people like us who receive it and get annoyed by it, we'll deal. Yeah. And we'll do whatever we need to to improve. Yeah. If you're using it as a genuine connection yeah. tool, then the way you're going to set it up, the way you're going to connect with people, you're going to do your approach. I think that comes down to just what's your goal? This is a sales tool. This is a personal connection tool. This is a profile building tool. This is a, an attraction tool but rather than an outreach tool. When you're clear on where it fits in your marketing mix and your business mix, then you can find the people you need to who can teach you how to best get that goal. It's the bottom line. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to finish there. And if you're someone who's interested in it, if you've got some hot tips on LinkedIn, please be sure to send them through through the messages. We would love to know. And of course, continue the conversation. Uh, you can check out any of our social posts at rising.show. Uh, check out our social pages there. You can jump on. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Uh, but until next time, if you want to check out all of our back episodes, head along to the website and you'll be able to subscribe there. Leave us a rating. If you so feel inclined, we would absolutely love to hear what you think of the show and this episode by leaving us a rating. That would be much appreciated. And Carl, we will catch everyone in the next absolutely episode. Absolutely great to hear from you all. And we, as Pete said, we do love your comments. We've received some comments from some of our last episodes. And even if it's just like, we love what you said, we agree with you, it really fuels us up to know what you like, what you don't like, what you agree with. So if you love this post, this fork of LinkedIn, let us know. If you hated it, let us know. Thanks. And please make sure you share the episodes. If you've got someone who you think will get value from what you're listening to, we'd love for you to share it on any of the social platforms that you prefer. Even if you want to spam 15 people on LinkedIn with our episode, that's totally okay if that works for you. <laughs> anyway, we'll catch you next time. Uh, see ya. See ya.